Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Jesus and the anxious heart, anxiety. We're going to see how Jesus deals with the anxiety that his disciples are facing in a moment of crisis. And one thing you need to know is that God's word has a lot to say about fear and anxiety. It's all through scripture. It's actually, it's because it's a core experience of being human. To be human is to feel some level of anxiety and fear on a continual basis. In fact, um, yeah, Scripture sees it as a core part of our human experience. God is always addressing the fear of people or the anxiety that people are facing, and we all deal with it at some level throughout our lives. We all have our own journey through fear and anxiety. Um, we might have moments of great confidence and courage. We might have other seasons that, that are really difficult. And sometimes anxiety can just hit us in unexpected times. And I know for me, one place where it hits sometimes is on Saturday night, like before I preach. Sometimes I'll feel that wave. One pastor called it the whispers. But sometimes I just get this wave of anxiety, like my mind can't stop racing. I'm thinking about all these different things, whether it's people or not preparing enough for the sermon or whatever. And there's been nights, there's been at least three nights since I've been the pastor here where I showed up here to preach on less than an hour of sleep because my mind was so busy. And so that's, that's, a, that's a moment where anxiety showed up. And I think probably there's some spiritual attack in there as well, but anxiety can show up in, in difficult moments for us. And I know for me, um, it's, been, it's been something that I've learned to manage. I've, something I've learned to pray into. When I, when I feel that anxiety at night, I spend some time praying. I also take melatonin sometimes, and that helps as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, do you have time, do you have time, specific times in your life when anxiety and fear hit you hard? Is it on Sunday nights before you go back to work on Monday? Maybe you don't like your job. It's okay to admit that here if you don't like your job. And, and maybe that wave of anxiety hits you on Sunday nights. Maybe it's before a social event. You know, if you're more on the introverted side, maybe, maybe you have that social anxiety that gets at you. Um, it could be related to uh, just the, the month. Maybe, maybe it's paying bills and you're anxious about, man, how am I going to pay bills this month? You're waiting until payday. And so for, for a week or for a few days, you feel anxiety um, over that. How are you going to pay your, your bills and put food on the table? I don't know what it looks like for you, but I do know that all of us at some level struggle with fear and anxiety. And fortunately for us, God's word has a lot to say about it. God isn't ignorant of our daily struggles. God isn't ignorant of the anxiety that creeps up in our lives. God knows that there are heavy things in your life that wear you out. And I want to be clear today as we talk about anxiety, I'm not clinical, okay? <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Um, I didn't go to school for that. Uh, I'm a pastor, so I hang out in the Bible. I talk about what the Bible says. Um, so I'm going to do my best. But I do know that, that anxiety is, is different for different people, right? So there's, there's normal levels of anxiety that are situational. When, when we run into a stressful situation, we feel some level of fear, anxiety. We feel a wave of that that might come over us. And usually it triggers our, our fight, flight, or freeze response. See that connected? But there's also 
anxiety disorders that come up in our lives for all sorts of different reasons that interfere with our lives, that are more random. Um, we can have anxiety attacks that come out of nowhere and, and really seem impossible to manage. And so as we look at how Jesus deals with this stressful situation his disciples are in, I don't want to confuse it and say it's all the same, because it's not all the same. Everyone's struggle is not all the same, and Jesus is not necessarily speaking um, to anxiety disorders. Otherwise, if we, if we hear Jesus's words here and apply it to that, we might see Jesus as being cold-hearted, which he's not. So I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions about who Jesus is speaking to here because he's not cold-hearted uh, to what we experience. C.S. Lewis, you might have heard of him. Uh, C.S. Lewis is a great Christian thinker, and I love what he said about anxiety. He said this. He said, Some people feel guilty about their anxieties and regard them as a defect of faith. I don't agree at all. They are afflictions, not sins. Like all afflictions, they are, it should say if, if we can so take them, our share in the passion of Christ. I think this is really important for us to understand that, that our anxiety is not a sin, it's an affliction. It's something that we suffer through. C.S. Lewis says, like any affliction, if we can endure it for the sake of Christ, then we are sharing in his sufferings. Even Jesus experienced anxiety. That's what he's getting at before he went to the cross. Even Jesus sweat drops of blood uh, from his face, knowing what he would have to experience that next day. The Apostle Paul lists his anxiety as part of the great trials and difficulties in life. This is 2 Corinthians 11. Paul says, Paul says this, And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So Paul, as this apostle, carries the weight of all the things going on in the church on his shoulders. He's thinking about the health of the church. He's worried about, you know, you talk about wolves coming in and misleading the flock. There's all sorts of pressures that Paul is experiencing. I think I can relate to that as like pastor pain, you know? You're, you're worried about what's going on in your church, the health of it, the growth, all of it. And is that anxiety a sin? No, but it is a burden that God has asked Paul to carry in that time. So I want you to hear that before we dive into this passage and know that Jesus is not condemning us for anxiety. He's not condemning us for anxiety. But the question that we want to wrestle with this morning is how does Jesus help me face my fears and anxiety? We're not going to discover how to be anxiety-free this morning. Get rid of all our fear, because that's, that's not human, okay? Um, it, the question is, how can Jesus help me be, be victorious in the face of all that? How can I experience victory in the face of fear, in the face of anxiety? And, and this is the passage we're going to look at today in Mark. Mark 4, 35 through 41. We're jumping back into our series here in Mark. And it says this, it says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with them in the boat, they, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, 
so that the boat was already, uh, already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So let's set the scene a little bit. What's going on in this story? Jesus had just finished a full day of preaching and teaching. And he was exhausted, and he wanted to get away from the crowds that had gathered on one side of the lake. So him and his disciples took some boats, and they decided to go to the other side of the lake. Now, this is—I uh, call it a lake. It actually is a freshwater lake. Its, its name is the Sea of Galilee, but it's a freshwater lake. It's 64 square miles, which is a little bigger than Lake Chelan. Anybody been to Lake Chelan? few people, okay? So it's a little bit bigger than Lake Chelan, and it's got kind of hills, big hills on both sides of it. And so Jesus wants to go across to the other side of the sea to get away from the crowds and get some rest. And what I like about this story is that even Jesus needed a break from people. Isn't that great? Even Jesus needed to get away from people. If we had Southwest Airlines back then, he'd like want to get away. Yes, Jesus would be on a flight somewhere to Arizona or something. And so he needed to get away and recover. And so he heads out, you know, takes his disciples and like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go rest. And we're going to talk about this Wednesday, how in order to serve well, you actually need to rest well. Right? In order to love well, you actually need to rest well. We have rhythms in our lives of work and rest, and we need to do both really, really well. And Jesus modeled that for us. We need both. And so for some of us, we might need more permission to rest, right? We might need more permi permission to like, yes, I, I've, I, I'm a yes person. I, 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 you know, I'm going to grab an oar and help out wherever I can. But some of us might need permission to say, you know what? I need a week off. I need to put away my phone. And, you know, I need to just shut down for a while. Here's a pro tip that I learned for those who need to rest. Um, before you go on vacation, don't try to cram in two weeks of work into one week right before vacation. I've learned that. Uh, it's, it's not helpful. You enter vacation feeling exhausted. Uh, so anyways, that's something I've learned over time. Um, on the other side, some of us might need to invest ourselves more into the work that God has for us. Um, some of us might have a lot of spare time, but actually need to apply our lives, have more work in our lives, um, and exercise our spiritual muscles. You know, spend more time with Jesus. Discern what he's calling us to do. Get into work. Uh, get, get in, in, and that might be um, just relationship or, or looking at your own work a different way. But this is, uh, and you, you know what, where you need help, whether it's rest or work. Are you resting too much? Are you working too much? That's a conversation to have with God. But here's another thing about rest. We also need to learn to rest like Jesus. Because Jesus, Jesus showed us how to rest. His rest was, was spiritual and restorative for his body, mind, and soul. And so often our rest isn't, right? We're famous in America for self-medicating, you know? 
Um, we drink too much. We, uh, maybe, maybe it's like binging on TV or Netflix. Um, the state of Washington, smoke pot, you know, stuff like that. Um, that was pretty quiet. I, um, <laughs> overeating. You know, I could just go on, stuck on our phones. I'm not saying, like, alcohol in moderation is bad or TV in moderation is bad. Maybe we'll have a Sunday where we talk about pot later. Um, it's a whole other issue. Um, I've been doing some research, okay? But uh, anyways, not, not like experiential <laughs> research. No, I have not, okay? Yeah, sure, you're just not sleeping. No, I haven't, I promise you. I've been, like podcasts, guys, Christian podcasts, <laughs> healthy stuff, okay? No, not, not podcasts, podcasts, it's nice. I think we needed that this morning, I don't know, just, um, but yeah, when we, we self-medicate, we rob ourselves of the spiritual rest that God wants, like our rest needs to be healthy for body, mind, and soul, and one thing that Jesus did that was really spiritual right here is slept. Sleep is spiritual, guys. Sleep is spiritual. Like, get good sleep. Get good sleep. It's important. It recharges you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. God designed us to sleep. And so Jesus is showing that right here. The world is collapsing around his disciples, and he's asleep. It's great. It's a great image. You know, when we self-medicate too, it might provide some temporary relief, but really what we're doing is we're postponing um, that anxiety and, and fear. We're kicking the can down the road. You know, we're just trying to escape. So don't try to escape when you rest, but press into God. Enjoy God. Worship. Spend that time in thankfulness and worship. But here we have Jesus asleep on the boat, sitting on the cushion, it's sitting on a cushion in, a, in the stern, which I had to go back and look which part of the boat the stern was, because I, I don't know a whole lot about ships. It's the back of the boat, okay? So I know that much. And he's sitting on a cushion in the back of the boat, and water is filling into the boat, and he's having a nap. Um, says, a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So this is a great windstorm. Um, basically, the Sea of Galilee has, you know, hills on both sides. It's in a deep basin surrounded by tall mountains, and so it's kind of a giant wind tunnel. And so even though it was a lake, you'd have great windstorms just kind of rip through at random times, and squalls could break through at any moment, and all of a sudden, the, you know, they, the, they had set out, and it was calm, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the waves are crashing over this boat, which isn't a big boat, um, but, but the boat is, uh, is rocking up and down, and, and uh, waves are crashing over, and, and many boats are in this storm. And I'm sure these disciples, you know, knew people who had died in these squalls. They were fishermen. So um, I'm sure they knew people who had died, and they're thinking, oh, man, we're next. And so they are, it says they're filled with fear and anxiety attacks. Their life is in danger. You know, so they are freaking out. And while they're freaking out, Jesus is still asleep. And they're like, what is going on? He's on a cushion. He's asleep. Water must be pouring, like, you know, around Jesus, and he's just asleep. And I think what we see here, the difference we see between the disciples and Jesus is composure. We see a difference in composure. 
this is a crisis, um, but we see the disciples lose their composure because of this, this great fear, which is justified, right? Lose their composure and go to panic. But Jesus doesn't lose his composure. In fact, he's so at ease, he's asleep in the middle of the storm. Right? He's, he's beyond composed. <laughs> Don't you wish you were better at keeping your composure sometimes? Right? When the stress of life hits, man, if I could just keep my head, right? If I could just, you know, stay cool under pressure, be able to respond better. You know, it's those times where we lose composure that we really regret, right? Those times when we lose it, we go back and we apologize and and maybe it's embarrassing or whatever, but anxiety and fear will always push us towards panic. You know, they're, they're, if they're unrestrained, if they're not dealt with, they will push us towards panic. And I've had seasons, especially in my work life, where I just felt over my head, overwhelmed, um, stressed out, especially when I worked in nonprofit. Nonprofits are notorious for burning their people out. And, and, and I had a season like that where I was just kind of headed for burnout, and I, I, and I was the director of this nonprofit, and I had a mentor tell me at that time, like, hey, I know you're under the gun. I know you're feeling stressed out. Don't look shaky at the wheel, because people are following you, and if they see somebody out there, like, trying to steer the ship, they'll also freak out. So you just need to learn how to manage that, and that was really helpful advice. I was like, okay, okay, I'll keep on. You're right, you're right. And so staying calm, it's not necessarily a personality type. It's something we learn to do. And in here, it's connected to trusting in a God bigger than us. We learn to trust him and stay calm. So the disciples didn't appreciate, though, Jesus' calm demeanor. They didn't look at Jesus and say, oh, he's being a great leader right now. Look, he's asleep. He doesn't even care. No, they were freaked out because they had... They had impending doom on their minds. Without intervention, they were going to die. And so what they say is, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus, don't you care what's going on right now? Don't you care what I'm facing? Don't you see us struggling over here? We're all trying to bail water out of the boat, and here you are asleep. They're, they're like offended. They're offended that Jesus... Uh, wouldn't step in. And I know there are times in our lives, and, and you might be asking God these questions right now. Like, God, do you care what I'm going through? Are you asleep? Are you silent in the middle of my stress, in the middle of my crisis? I know many of you might be in a heavy season of life right now and might be in a dark night of the soul, as it's called, and wondering when God's going to show up. What they did do correct, what they did do right, was they did cry out to God. They did cry out to God in the middle of their pain. God, you know, Jesus, don't you care? You know, they, they still address the right person. Because when you're in crisis, like, God is your only play. They knew where to go. They weren't just going to bail harder and faster. They knew that they needed Jesus. And so they, um, they woke him up. And, uh, and, and I think that's a reminder for us that we can take our own frustration to Jesus. Like, be frustrated. Read the Psalms. If you, if you don't think you're allowed to be raw and real with Jesus, just read the Psalms. 
Like it's an open book. It's mostly lament. It's mostly, uh, you know, David and others crying out in the middle of painful situations. And what I love about this is that Jesus isn't cruel in this situation. He doesn't toy with them. He doesn't say, well, you know, you guys figure out the faith thing first and then I'll calm the waves. You know, in, in the middle of their panic, Jesus actually calms the waves. He didn't wait till they had enough faith to calm the waves. They cried out, so he calmed the waves. It says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So he didn't, he didn't wait until they were in the best shape, in the best mental space, and it had the most faith did jump through hoops. He, Jesus didn't make him do any of that. He saw their fear and he responded. He intervened. And then he has the faith conversation. I think that's important for us to get. Jesus wakes up and he does three things. He cares. Clearly he cares, otherwise he wouldn't have intervened. He calms. He goes ahead and calms the storm. And then he challenges his disciples. The questions are supposed to challenge their faith. Like, you guys have been with me for a while. Do you know what I'm capable of? Do you know what I can do? Do you know that I can intervene in your life? You may have heard, you've heard this before, but God doesn't wait for us to get our, our stuff figured out. He doesn't wait for us to get cleaned up. He doesn't wait for us to uh, get our act together before he intervenes in our life? No, he intervenes in our life when we're the most messed up so that we can see his power at work. Like, he wants to intervene when we're the most messed up, when we're the most anxious. And, and, and we need to see that today. And, 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 and same thing for connecting with God's people. Don't, don't wait to connect with God's people when you get your act together or when you get your questions figured out. Interact now, Right? come into community now. God uses his people to speak right to our hearts. So there's two things going on there. Like, don't wait. Just like his disciples, they saw that they were in crisis, and they, they turned to Jesus in their panic. And Jesus was patient enough with them to, to intervene before having that faith conversation. And this is what I'm getting at, is that relationship with God precedes wholeness in our lives. A lot of us are seeking wholeness and health and wellness and, 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 uh, and mental health and all these different things, but relationship with God comes first. God wants to bring that wholeness to your life. God wants to, to, to bring that calm, that peace, that joy to your life. And the only way that that is going to happen is if you seek him first, if you prioritize your relationship with God first. And we are allowed to come to him tired and freaked out and burdened. This is uh, what it says in Matthew 11. You've heard this before, but it's a good reminder. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest. That's what God wants to give you. He wants to give you rest. He wants to give you peace. And come to him when you're burdened, when, when you're full, when you're frustrated. 
and he will give it to you. If you're in the middle of a storm, go to Jesus because he will respond. When we isolate in times of anxiety, we end up hurting ourselves, right? Because the solution's right there. We're not really being honest with ourselves when we isolate because we're saying, I can, I can deal with this. I've got this. I'll figure it out, and then I'll come. But Jesus would say, come now. Come burdened. Come heavy laden. Come weighed down. I'll lift that for you. And he wants to give you soul rest. Soul rest. Not just rest for your body. Rest for your soul. What's the weight that you carry around in your soul? Like a burden for humanity? A burden for your own salvation? Like a burden that, that you're displeasing God? He wants to lift that. Like, he wants your soul to be at rest. You know, a lot of our anxiety in life comes, like here with the disciples, when we can't control what's going on in our lives and in the world. When we trust in Jesus, we trust in a big God who can lift that, right? He, he's in charge of what's going on in the world. Like, all of the stuff that has, uh, th that's invaded our, our world and our minds and, and, uh, and our communities, all of the stuff going on um, in the government, in school, and, and online, like, God, God's in control, okay? We can't fix the world on our own, but we trust in a big God who can. He can intervene. He can step in, even because we can't control what's going on. And if we're a Christian, that means that we're trusting in Christ's ability to change the world, not ours. And that's why prayer, that's why prayer is so critical. That's why we need to be praying, because prayer is trust. Prayer is taking the time to say, God, you got this. God, take this. Like, God, I'm submitting this to you so that you can intervene, right? So prayer is this act of faith that we do every day when we don't know what to do, when we don't know how to fix the stuff that we're dealing with, we, we take that to the one who can. That's why prayer is just vital for our lives. And if you need a place to pray, come here at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Except for this Wednesday. Still come, but it's for the family, family gathering, you know? Keep it simple. Um, now I want to address the challenge at the end of this passage. Because Jesus does say to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? This is a challenge. It's a challenge to all of us. If our, as our faith grows in Christ, our anxiety about the things we can't control should go down. Right? As our faith grows in Christ, the anxiety about the things that we can't control should go down. Because we trust in a big God. Jesus asked them these questions because he's saying, hey, you guys have known me and walked with me for a while. You guys have seen me do miracles. You guys have seen me turn water into wine. You've seen me heal the paralytic, heal the leper. You know I can do amazing things. Yet you don't believe that I can change this storm. That I, can, that I have power over the weather. And so these questions are really a challenge and an invitation to deeper belief and deeper trust in the power of God. Jesus is saying, watch this, put more faith in me and just see what I can do. 
And notice what happens. It says, They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus wants to replace our fear of the world with a fear of him? How does that work? They were afraid, but now they weren't afraid of the, the weather. They were afraid of Jesus. They're like, oh man, this, this guy can do a lot. Like, this is where the power is. Like, they backed up and, and were in awe of what Jesus had done. And that's the space that Jesus wants us to be in, amazed and, and leveled by his power, right? Our trust should be in his power. Our fear should be there. And so this is the point I want to close with today, is that Jesus calls you to let go of your fear of the world and instead fear God and find peace. There's this weird connection in Scripture between fearing God and finding peace. Like, if, if we put our fear in the right place, we have peace. Because we don't fear a mean God or a distant God or an unconcerned God. We fear a loving God. And if we walk in His will, then we, we really don't have anything to fear here on earth. All we have to be concerned about is what God wants. And, and does my life align with, with what God wants me to be? So that peace comes from not having to be in control and trusting that there's a bigger God who is in control. And that that God cares about you. That God cares about you. Cares about the stuff that's going on in your life. Cares about all of that. Your finances, your marriage, your kids. Trauma you've experienced in the past. He cares about your holistic health. That's your, your spiritual health. That's your physical health. Your mental health, emotional health. We're complex beings. God cares about us all. That's why he told us to love him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Our, our whole being. So as, as I close today, I wanted to end with this invitation that's found in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. It says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that, that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. There's that word anxiety again. Cast your anxieties on him. That, that word means to throw down. Like throw it down, slam it on the table. Because he cares for you. Take the fear and slam it on the table. Because he cares. And it starts with humbling yourself. What does it mean to humble yourself? It means to be real about your fear and anxiety. Don't play the strong man. Don't play the, the person who's got it all together. Like, be real. Be open. Because God is mighty. It says we put our anxieties under the mighty hand of God. Not the weak hand, not the soft hand, not the disinterested hand. The mighty hand. There's that power thing. Again, we have to believe that our God is, is powerful in our daily lives. So that at the proper time, he may exalt you. What does it mean to exalt? It means to lift up. That at the proper time, he's going to lift you up. Now, the hard part about that verse is at the proper time. Because <laughs> that means waiting, you know? I don't like to wait. Anybody else like to wait? No? Okay. Um, no, we don't like to wait. But at the proper time, 
God, God will exalt us. And so this is the invitation to the anxious heart. Slam your anxieties and fears on the table. Put them before God. And that looks like spending some time praying alone with him. That spend, looks like spending some time praying with other people. That looks like confessing where you're at with others. That looks like being open about what you struggle with, with God and your brothers and sisters in Christ. But that's where I want to live. I want to live under the mighty hand of God. Right? I don't want to try to shoulder my way out. Like sometimes when I, when I uh, pat my preteen daughter on the back, she tries to weasel out of it a little bit. It's like a little uncomfortable. She's growing up. Tear. Um, especially around friends, right? Um, but yeah, no, I want to live under the mighty hand of God. That's, that's security. That's protection. That's safety. It's the best place to be because he cares about us. We go through life sometimes thinking that nobody cares, but the message of the gospel is that God cares over and over and over again. God can't, <laughs> can't remove himself from us. He is totally in our lives. He's totally in every part of our lives, and he cares enough to interact with us um, to send his son to die for us, to, to teach us, to reach out to us. The Bible is way more about God reaching out to us than us reaching up to God. God cares. God cares. I don't know what burdens you're, you're facing right now, but, but God cares. And God's people care too. We want to pray with you. If you want prayer this morning, just feel free to come, come forward as the worship team prays, and I'd be happy to pray for you. Stephen, Karma, we'd be happy to pray with you this morning. Um, and, and, but we want to walk through this together. Anxiety is not a sin. It's an affliction that we go through and that God can bring victory in the middle of. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we come before you this morning, and, and I know that, um, man, this is, a, th this is one of those realities that we all endure, that we all face, God. And we might have active anxiety in our lives. We might not. We might feel like we're in a great place with you and each other. And, and Lord, if that's us, God, if we're feeling strong in this, I pray that you would help us to provide strength for others. Lord, that as you command, help us to bear each other's burdens in Christ. Um, Lord, but if we are in a place of struggling, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be honest. That you'd help us to humble ourselves. Show us what that looks like, God. Lord, meet us as we confess, as we're open. Lord, would you do more than we could possibly think or imagine? Could you bring more peace and more healing and more hope than we ever thought was possible? And Lord, would you not allow the, the, the uh, immensity of our, of our uh, situation or our mess to get in the way? Lord, we, may we not feel shame in that space, but may we feel freedom. Lord, I, pay, I, I pray for freedom today uh, over our church, over everybody here, everybody online, everybody in Blaine. God, may, may you lead us into freedom in a relationship with you. Jesus, would you free us from fear and anxiety? Lord, would you provide us the security of living in a right relationship with God? Lord, trusting you for the, the finances and, 
and, and trusting you with our, our, our marriages and our kids and, and our work situations and all the different factors that, that, that feel like they, they, um, they just choke us sometimes. Lord, take that burden. Lord, you, Lord you, you want to give us rest for our souls. And I pray for that this morning. If that's something we've been longing for and haven't found, I pray, Lord, that you would bring rest. That you would provide rest for our souls. Lord, that you would lift the burdens. Those heavy backpacks we've been carrying around, the baggage that we've been carrying around. Jesus, you can do it. And Lord, we believe that you can do it. We believe that you can lift the burden. We believe that you can, can, can lift those things. And we also believe that you care. And Lord, I pray for, for those who, who feel like you're asleep this morning. Lord, feel like you're not watching what's going on in our lives. I pray, God, that you would act in powerful ways this week, that you would just show up Holy Spirit, that you would interact with us in a deeper way, that you would make yourself known to us in our lives and show, show us that you are not asleep, but you are active and you care. So Lord, we bring all these things to you. We just want to give our fears and anxieties to you this morning, God. We want to cast them on you. We want to slam them on the table and say, no more, I'm going to trust you with this. Lord, increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.